Today, our scripture comes from Exodus 6, 6 through 8. Say therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In August of 1986, a grocery store executive by the name of Michael Morton came home after work and he discovered his house was surrounded by police cars and it had crime scene tape all over the place. And then he discovered the unthinkable. His wife had been brutally murdered. And as often is in these kind of cases, the police considered the husband to be the primary suspect. And that's what they did in this situation, but they almost exclusively focused on Michael Morton to the exclusion of all other suspects and all other evidence. And so in short order, he was arrested, convicted, and sent to prison. Tragically, in the rush to a conviction, key evidence was overlooked. In fact, it was even covered up by dishonest investigators and prosecutors. And there really seemed to be nothing that Michael Morton could do about it. I mean, he tried, but over two decades he remained in prison, having losing appeal after appeal. And then finally, one day after another legal disappointment, he comes to his cell and he crashes in, in dis, this despair. And he cries out to God, God, please help me. I don't know where else to turn. I've got nothing left, nothing else I know to do. And he says he felt like his prayers just fell on deaf ears. Like there was nothing but silence. But then, one night, a few weeks later, as he was getting ready for bed, he put on his headphones to let the music drown out the prison noises around him. And he said he suddenly felt an overwhelming sense of peace in his life. He felt an overwhelming sense of joy and love washing over him. His words are that God bathed him in light. Now, before going to prison... Michael had attended church throughout his growing up years, and so he had some sense of what was going on. He, he sensed that God was somehow at work in his life. And God was giving him in that moment the assurance that he was with him, that he would help him through this. In response to that, he became a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And from that day on, he was a changed man. Even though he remained incarcerated for many more years, he was now a free man. Later, it was revealed that on the day of his wife's death, there was DNA evidence found at the crime scene that um, would convincingly link the crime to another man. He was known as a career criminal. But that evidence was never tested. In fact, during the appeals process, the district attorney did everything is possible to prevent this evidence from being tested and going to the lab. But a judge finally did the right thing. The evidence was tested, and Michael Martin was finally exonerated and set free. Today, 
Michael Morton will tell you that even though he was set free from prison on October of 2011, he was really set free 10 years earlier after that experience, that encounter with the presence of Jesus Christ in his life and after he entrusted his situation to him. Now, this is a story that ends in a good way with justice, but it's still a very tragic story. Yet, what Michael Morton experienced for many decades, literally, behind prison walls, there are many people who are experiencing today figuratively. For there are some of us today who feel as though we're being enslaved by chains of bondage, like you're being trapped in a prison cell where there's no way to get out. The chains of bondage that we experience in our lives today, they take many forms. Uh, there's the emotional bondage that people experience. There's spiritual bondage. There's mental and, and physical bondage. And we sometimes find ourselves in situations where there's just no hope, no, no way out of it. Many have felt that way, I think, during the circumstances of this pandemic. And like M Michael Morton, you too may be among those who are crying out to God for release because you find yourself in a situation that only God can help you with. And what I want you to know today is that no matter what kind of bondage you may be experiencing in your life, you can find freedom. You can be set free. You can experience liberty in your life within and without. For Jesus says in his very first sermon, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, this is what Jesus came to do. He came to set us free. He came to break us free from whatever chains might be binding us in this life, whether it's your past or whether it's your current out-of-control circumstances you find yourself in, whether it's an addiction you can't seem to beat, a habit you can't seem to break, a sin that you can't seem to escape. Maybe life circumstances has taken you to a place where you feel trapped. Whatever it is, Jesus came to set you free. Today, we're actually beginning a new series of sermons that we're calling Finding Freedom. Because there are a lot of people today who find themselves as though they're stuck in circumstances that are beyond their control to do anything about. They're just powerless to change it. They're, they're bound by limitations that they can't seem to overcome. And the purpose of this series is to try to help you understand that your limitations, your situation that you're in, need not be permanent. You can experience change. You can experience freedom within and without. And I think it really all begins when we allow ourselves to hope again. Giving yourself permission, so to speak, to believe that the best about tomorrow is what I hope in, in spite of how things may look today. We choose to believe the best about tomorrow, in spite of how things look today. Now, most of you, I think, are probably familiar with the story of the Israelite slavery in Egypt that we're reading from our text this morning in the book of Exodus. You know, Joseph and his brothers, they were in the land of Egypt, and Joseph was second in command to Pharaoh. He was over everything. And yet, a new king arose to power who did not know Joseph. 
And this king decided he was going to enslave all of the people of Israel. And that continued for 400 years. Until finally, God calls a man named Moses to lead his people out of their bondage in Egypt as slaves to the promised land. You may remember how God appeared to Moses in that burning bush. And how he said to Moses, so now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, because of some serious mistakes in the past, uh, Moses began to question. He wasn't quite sure that he was the right man for the job. And so he started making excuses. But God eventually was able to convince him to go. And then in our text for today, God makes a bold promise that he tells Moses to go and share with his people. He says in our text, Say therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for possession, for I am the Lord. And this promise, just like the promise that Jesus gives us in Luke chapter 4, which I read to you earlier, this is a promise that applies to you and to me today. And you too may feel like you're under the yoke of bondage today, but you can be set free. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the steps that we need to take in order to be set free from our bondages in life, but those things that we feel are holding us captive in life. But as I mentioned before, it all begins when we take that courageous choice to hope again. Right now, maybe all you can see are the chains, the bars, the guards, the walls that surround you. But there is an unseen reality that can be at work in your life. One that you may not be able to perceive or to see with human eyes, but it exists nonetheless. And that is that God is at work even now to set you free. Even though your circumstances may not change overnight or with a snap of the finger or with a simple prayer, they rarely do, you can experience the hope and the joy of knowing that your redemption is near. Today I'm going to be sharing with you some truths that can help you to find hope again. For no matter what you're facing and no matter what your situation may be like, no matter how many setbacks you've experienced in your life, no matter how many failures you've experienced in your past, nor how defeated you may be, you can find hope again with God's help. And the first step to finding hope again, I think, it's to remember that you may think you're alone and forgotten, but you're not. You may think that your situation that you're going through has somehow slipped through uh, God's awareness. Uh, God is unaware of what you're going through, but I'm here to tell you that's not true at all. I want you to know that God sees your situation. God knows what you're going through because God is always right there with us, no matter what. In Exodus chapter 3, when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush, he says, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. And just like in Exodus, 
you can be sure that your cries have come to God as well. He hears your prayers. He hears what you're going through. As the writer of Hebrews reminds us, God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then he goes on to say, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? So you may feel like you're alone, like you're forgotten, but you're not. For God is always with you. He always hears your cries and hears your prayers. Back in the 50s, Bishop Lejos Ordas of the Lutheran Church in Hungary was put in prison for more than six years because he protested against communist oppression that day. And during that time, he was placed in solitary confinement in a very small room with no windows, and his captors were trying to break his resistance by isolating him this way and preventing contact with anybody else. But he would later write, They thought I was alone, but they were wrong. The risen Christ was present in that room, and through communion with him, I was able to prevail. Listen, the world may treat you as if you're alone. The devil may be telling you that you're alone. And your, your failures of the past may make you feel like you're alone. But I want you to know that you are not alone. You are not forgotten. Because the risen Christ is with you as well, wherever you are, in whatever situation you may be in. And that gives us reason to hope again. I think the second truth for us to consider this morning is that you may think that your situation will last forever, but it won't. You know, the Israelites in Moses' day, they thought that this was their lot forever. They were just always going to be slaves in Egypt. I mean, it had been going on for 400 years. But God finally said, no, I have other plans for you. In verse 6, he says, I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And then in verse 8, he says, I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for possession, for I am the Lord. And when we find ourselves bound by troubles, when we find ourselves feeling like we're imprisoned by our bad habits, by our addictions or our sins, when we find ourselves victims of circumstances that are beyond our control, it just seems like it's going to last forever, doesn't it? This is why in the Psalms and often in the prophets, you run across the phrase, How long, O Lord? In the book of Habakkuk, he cries out, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? The psalmist cries out, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? It just feels like forever, doesn't it? And when things don't happen right now, when they don't get better right now, when you pray and you ask for it, you're often tempted to say, you know, maybe it never will. Maybe my situation is not going to change. Maybe my situation is beyond God's ability to change. And I know we're tempted to think that, but never believe it. Your past need not define your future. For with God, the promise of tomorrow is more real than the problems you're facing today. Now, I know that might sound counterintuitive to say this, but with God, the promise of tomorrow is more real 
than the problems you're facing today. I think all of us remember the old Gaither song, Because He Lives. In the United States, uh, it was very popular back about 40 years ago, and then we still sing it today in our worship services. But you know, in Brazil, they have a lyrical twist to this song that I find very interesting. In the song here, we sing, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Meaning that whatever tomorrow may bring, we can face it because we serve a risen Savior who we know is with us today. But in Brazil, they sing it with a slight difference. They sing, because he lives, I can believe in tomorrow. Now, both versions are true. You can face tomorrow because you have the assurance that God is with you. And we serve a living God. He gives us the power to overcome whatever we face. But you also need to understand that because of God's promises, you can believe in tomorrow. You may think that your situation is going to last forever, but it won't. Because your future, your tomorrow, is in God's hands. So trust your situation to God. Trust in His promises. And finally, there's a third truth that I want you to consider this morning, and that is that you may think that your situation is hopeless, but it is not. You may think that there's no way out of the situation you're in right now, that God is finished with you. But again, I'm here to tell you, that's not true. God will make a way, even when there seems to be no way. I mean, remember, we're talking about the God of Easter here. We're talking about the God who has the power over even death. We're talking about the God who can redeem even the horror of the cross. God will make a way for you to break free from whatever circumstances holding you back in life, even when there seems to be no hope. As Isaiah says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. For I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. And then as John says in Revelation, the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. So Isaiah says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So you may think that your situation is hopeless, but it never is. Because God can make a way even when there seems to be no way. In the remaining messages of this series, we're going to talk about how God makes a way for us to bring about our freedom. But in order for that to happen, there are some steps that we need to take. I mean, just like the people of Israel had to make certain steps of, of faith, and they had to take certain steps of obedience in order to get out of the slavery in Egypt, we have to take certain steps of faith and obedience too. But I can guarantee you that, that the fulfillment of God's promises in your life will far exceed any price you think you have to pay for it. We talked about how Michael Morton experienced being 
24 years and 7 months in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. But the last 10 years of his confinement, he says that he was a free man because of the experience of God's overwhelming grace in his life. And like him, it may take some time for your situation to change. I mean, change, it doesn't happen overnight. But your perspective can change today. Because you can dare to hope again. Why? Because God is always with you. We are never forsaken. We are never forgotten by God. God is always with us no matter what. And because your situation won't last forever. God has already made plans for your release so you can believe in tomorrow. And because with God, there is always, always a reason to hope. Even when we can't see how things are going to be different. Even when we can't see a reason to hold on to. Even when we can't see how anything is going to change. God will make a way. You may not be able to see it right now. But you can trust in God's love for you. You can trust in the faith of God's promises. As the writer of Hebrews says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So through faith, you can even be so bold as to celebrate your freedom even now. Because through faith in God, you know that it is surely on its way. And that, that always gives us reason to hope again. Would you pray with me? Oh God, there seems to be so much today that would give us reason to not have hope, to despair and fear tomorrow. You know our circumstances, O oh Lord. You know what each person who is listening today is going through, what we're facing. And I thank you, God, for your words of assurance today, your promise that you have not forsaken us, that you are always with us. And even now, though we may not be able to see it, you were at work providing a way to set us free from the circumstances of hopelessness. Help us, Lord, to place our trust in you and your love for us. Help us to believe in tomorrow and to be open to your work within our lives. We place all that we're facing right now in your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.